0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I love amazing. I love to travel, but I'm happy that I'm back. And welcome to the Down in Front Podcast, the official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. I am your host, Warren, and with me I have a couple of my best friends. But before we get into that, what we do here is that we're going to be reviewing movies, TV, just about anything and everything nerdy. Tonight, we're going to give you a full episode review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And let me tell you, we did not like this movie, but spoiler alert, Spoiler alert! we did not like this movie. But before we do that, I'm going to toss it over to my best friend. I haven't seen him in literally three years. Uh, he looks completely different, but heart full of gold. Brylin, the mouth of the South. How's it going, man? What you been uh, sipping on and uh, what you been watching? I'm doing well. I just did a whole marathon of. Luke Cage Season 2
1: today. I won't say anything about it, but I had a lot of fun doing that. What I'm sipping on right now is iced tea, green tea, the best flavor they make. So the price is on the can, 99 cents. I dig it. Price on the can. And absolutely. And what I've been watching recently, I haven't been watching uh, anything extra except for the shows I usually watch. So I'll watch The Expanse. It's almost done with its third season, and it's still maintains being a phenomenal movies or tv series uh thank you amazon for picking it up for a fourth season because there's a lot of craziness going on in this show and it's just fun to watch because it offers like everything you want in a show like political intrigue great drama great characters uh unique personalities but also a lot of really cool things that they do with gravity. So that's, that's one of the cool things I like is that they have a respect for the physics behind gravity in space. And, and uh, if someone dies in space with a lack of gravity or if someone hits the brakes in space and you see what happens when that happens, uh, they do some mind-blowing visual effects for this show. So definitely watch it if you're not watching it.
0: Uh, it's great to hear that. I hear like actually really solid things about that show. Um, I just feel like there's way too much stuff for me to... Um Pick up that's new but i'm hopefully get a chance to get around to that one so it's pretty cool uh and to his left uh i have uh one of my other best friends uh the shredder this man needs no introductions but i will give him one mr mike how's it going man what you uh been uh, watching and what you sipping on
2: i'm sipping on some woodstock in brewery falling waters it's a double ipa it's quite quite enjoyable it is uh definitely a super super ipa which is solid uh as for what i'm watching uh, you know i will say this i have not seen too much except for uh, a couple episodes of queer eye and some drugs inc uh but i did have the opportunity on my day off the other day to drink beer in my front lawn and pull trees out of their their sockets so that was pretty cool um felt like you know more of a I'm more of a manly man than I usually do. Uh, I'm more of like a brawny tile, uh, towel. Uh, when you get me wet, I kind of shrink and disappear. Um, so, you know, it's kind
1: of... did you wear socks with your Birkenstocks?
2: No. Oh dude. I checked myself for ticks for like six hours. Cause I have these like, <laughs> I have these like woodland clogs that I wear out there. They're not quite Birkenstocks and they're not like wooden clogs, but they're, they're clogs. Um, Oh, man, dude, it was awesome. But they're great. <laughs> get them wet. Get them, like, dirty. Like, I had, I, like, literally pulled this one deep-rooted mofo out. Just got sand all over. I graveled myself, if you uh, get that reference.
0: <laughs> that Arrested development reference?
2: Nah, it's scrubs.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, I know scrubs. It yeah, dude,
2: you got graveled. He himself.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as always, great to see your face. I'm excited (laughs) to hear your opinion of this ridiculous movie. Uh, My name is Warren. I will be your host for this evening. And uh, I haven't been doing anything too crazy watching a lot of stuff. But the main thing I have been watching besides the FIFA World Cup has been uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, Still up until that. I'm approaching season three. It's like slowly but surely going through that. I did see the crayon episode. Um, I think a lot of people were talking about, which is pretty cool. Wasn't my favorite. Uh, but you know maybe i missed it i think big bird's coming up soon so i'm pretty excited about that so uh, i'm gonna be pretty pumped about that and it's a uh, shandy season so uh it is shandy season officially i uh, i'm pretty excited i finally got a chance to find this ufo pink lemonade shandy uh, which is uh it's a beer if you haven't had it but it's actually really it's pretty good um, i think this is going to be a great uh, a great beer to do some um gardening too so uh, i'm yeah, pretty excited to kind of try that out so yeah, Super shandy's
1: are genetic abominations. just like this movie we're about to talk about
0: <laughs> i mean i would like agree with you but maybe not so you know we all have our own different tastes but i do agree with that this movie was trash so tonight we are going to be doing a full review of jurassic world fallen kingdom um there's not a lot of stuff that we want to bring up probably uh, prior to it. So what we're going to do is go directly into our spoiler section. So if you haven't seen this movie, I, I guess go watch it. Maybe, maybe not.
1: Or just listen to us and then decide if you want to see it.
0: Exactly. We don't have Guillermo on this year. Um, he has had his um, like epic rant a couple of years ago. So... We'll hope to see if we can do that justice. That's
2: that's our highest downloaded podcast, by the way, is, I think, for a long time, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, for, for literally two and a half years.
2: For two yes. and a half years. And it was just Guillermo screaming for like two and a half hours. So I, apparently we have to do better than that.
0: <laughs> so what we will do, we probably, when we release this, we're going to also release a double feature of uh, Jurassic World. Um Number one, and also Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So definitely kind of keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned for our full review, and we're going to give you a quick commercial break for a full review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. See you soon. And we are the Down in Front podcast. I am with my best friend Brylan and my best friend Mike. Tonight we are giving you a full spoiler filled review of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. We broke this up in a couple different sections. So mainly we're going to be talking about the acting and characters a bit. Then we're going to be talking about the plot and this huge twist that they actually kind of brought in before we get into our sort of our final thoughts a little bit later on. Um, so I'm going to actually toss it over and let's say hear some thoughts from Brylan. And Brylin, talk to me about the acting. Talk to me about some characters and you know some. Over- Overall sort of feelings you have about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom?
1: Oh boy. Um yeah, so this is a bad movie. And it starts with the acting. Um the everybody in this movie is just terrible. Um they're either trying to either ham it up in every scene or they just don't want to be on the screen. Like especially with uh Chris Pratt, uh his own character who's kind of charming in the first one. I mean, just Feels very lifeless in this, and uh, if you, I would compare him to like Dwayne Johnson's primatologist and Rampage, where Dwayne Johnson, you guys should see, he actually cares for like George, and he's uh, doing all these things, like playing jokes with him, and like there's zero connection when it comes to Chris Pratt on the screen. He just seems like he's just staring off into space, and he's just like, why am I doing this? Um, I'd say if, if there's anybody that. Is kind of a shining beacon in this movie for acting. It's gonna be um the actress that plays the paleo veterinarian, the theoretical Zia p- Rodriguez. Zia Rodriguez. She has a world Ro- name fun Daniela with her Pineda. There we go. Sorry. That's fine. It's good to get accurate. Um I think she has fun with her character, and even though her character makes no sense and is kind of I mean, has some dumb situations that she has to go through uh she at least makes it tolerable to watch uh but it feels really bad like there was this big build-up when this movie was coming out that jeff goldblum was coming back as ian malcolm ian malcolm is is like one of the most unique and beloved characters of the jurassic park franchise uh in Jurassic park one and two he's amazing job there but here he feels just very like lifeless or someone gave him a sedative before he read his lines he doesn't feel like he and Malcolm and he just bookends the film and it's kind of pointless why he's there in the first place except to speak to uh the um to congress about like should they help out dinosaurs with this volcano about to go off
2: well they they got too too cute with it they basically thought all right well here's the character that everyone's been waiting for the return of you know Um, And so if we bookend the film and have him introduce these like major philosophical concepts, I guess you'd call it that we're going to explore, that it would be a good opening and closing. But like, you're right. It wasn't authentic Ian Malcolm. And so and it didn't really matter in the plot, like what the what Congress decided didn't have anything to do. So it just felt like bookending to bookend. You know, it felt like a, a. Yeah like a unembodied narrator almost to it. Where like they give some backstory and it doesn't matter, you know, like how many movies have a famous narrator that starts the movie and ends the movie that like, oh, it's oh that's Jerry Seinfeld's voice. You know, it's like, all right, well, cool, that's a fine, but let's get on with it.
1: Yeah, and he's there to set the consequences of whatever actions they take in this movie and It's more comes out as forced gold bloomisms, like the director said, Hey Jeff, I know you're good at doing this thing. Do your thing here. And it's and like Jeff's like, Okay, I'll just do my thing and pick up the paycheck and I'm out of here. So and it's it's a shame because gold bloom is hot right now. And we should have more gold bloom, but just not as not this lifeless.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially it was weird because they stuck him, they they just didn't give him anything like I know he's not like quite a, like a physical actor um, or anything, but he literally didn't get a chance to interact with any of the characters that we have been previously introduced introduced to in Jurassic World, and so it at least would have been helpful to somehow incorporate him into the story by introducing or having some sort of dialogue with these characters, just so that they can understand a bit of you know um, risk of what they're getting into. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the ending of this movie. But, you know, it. it they, they just, sh- just should have used Jeff Goldblum in this movie. It was yeah. frustrating that they just didn't.
2: You raise a good point, Warren, that, like, Jeff Goldblum, his, like, kind of eccentric eccentricities were very well foiled by Sam Neill's, uh, what was it, Alan Grant. And so you yeah. could play the two off each other and make it seem like, you know, it, you could drive a point home. Whereas... The same thing where, like, in Thor Ragnarok, I think that basically this director said, oh, we loved you as the Grandmaster. Do that for the opening and closing scenes. And so um, the po- the problem is that the Grandmaster got to be this weirdo compared to Thor's somewhat straight man. You know, like, I know Thor is a funny character in that movie, but he's funny because he's so straight, you know? Um, And so... Without like a straight man bounce off, it's just a guy being quirky for no reason. Yeah, and that's just—it's like, uh, why? Who who cares? They to to drive it home. They fundamentally misunderstood what made um, Ian Malcolm like a a cult character uh, in the original movies compared to what they did now.
1: Let's listen to that laugh for ten hours straight.
2: That's all they did. They didn't listen to a single other line that they did. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, I guess the other things that, uh, you know, I'll toss a couple of ideas of me, the acting and sort of characters, you know, definitely echoing some of the things that Brylin talked about. Definitely felt like none of the, even the actors itself in the movie knew what they were doing per scene. Um, one of the actors that I was really upset about because I was really enjoyed him in The Get Down, but Justice Smith plays a computer like computer analyst called Franklin Webb that was literally doing the entire thing for over two hours of the movie. And all that they gave him was just act afraid and just be the stereotypical nerd. Yeah, he so, I mean, it was like the someone,
1: worst. It, it's like someone tried to describe Moss from the IT crowd to him, and he's like, I want you to be this character that he's kind of like the super nerd and is always afraid of something that he just like ran with those two things in mind. And I was and, like, this is
0: like the worst, like Moss
1: impersonation ever.
0: And it's prob- so bad because you at least going to think that, you know, you have at least some of the skills to problem solve and do other things. And God damn, it is 2018. Why are we still seeing these same characters back in the eighties and in the nineties? Like, you have to do more than one thing you have to be able to kind of mix it up you have to add like a different layer of a character into it and i think um and i'll toss it to you uh blew it but i think it's not only justice smith character right i think literally just about every character falls into this super stereotypical archetype characters that we've seen in this movie of you have the hot guy you have the damsel in distress You have the nerd, you have the overly evil sort of rich guy, then you have the overly evil uh, badass dude that has to do something hardcore like stealing dinosaur teeth. Then you have like the the, the person who's going to be fighting for justice no matter what. And that's like the Zia Rodriguez, the veterinarian character that we were talking about. And it's so to the point where it's like. And then you have the evil henchman, the, the bad guy scientist who just loves the animals. And that's B.D. Wong for some fucking strange reason. <laughs> but it's it's just so fundamentally bad. Like These are the characters. You didn't write yourself. You, you wrote yourself into these characters. We only knew three people, arguably four, right? Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. We knew Jeff Goldblum. And we knew B.D. Wong. So we only knew four characters going into this movie that we knew. And all the other ones were new and yet you actively chose to create these characters to be so one-dimensional and so terrible to even watch. And it's just cringeworthy to the fact that once you put that into a bunch of actors just looking at a green screen the entire time and reacting, oh, oh, like once you get that, once it's more than two hours of that, or once it's more than a half an hour of that you have to mix it up. And it just it's mind-blowing to me that people feel like this is... Uh, entertaining like I it's not even a popcorn my popcorn would be probably more entertaining than watching this movie it's it's just crazy what?
2: yeah I think you raise a very very good point that uh, you know over a two hour movie you're supposed to have a character arc you you have to have your characters learn something or you know basically establish them in one way and then and then have them do something different to spoil expectations at the end of the film and so we're taking our our classic nerd example, you know how many times have we seen the uh, the nerd be afraid of everything, and at the end comes up real big and be real strong. It's like that's stereotypical, but it works. You know, same thing. The hot guy who has to, uh, you know, he does everything based on brawn, and and then has to do something on intellect at the end of the film, or the damsel in dis- distress who maybe has one skill that's somewhat physical and she gets herself in trouble and then all of a sudden she breaks that out and she rescues herself, you know? Like, all of these things are pre-established and I'm not really breaking any boundaries saying them. That being said, this movie did jack shit to do that. Like, no. the hot guy just did stuff physically to to break down. His big moment at the end was sliding down a roof, some a physical action to, you know, get away from the, the Rex. Um The Damsel in Distress, I guess, had like the whole thing where she like lazed the hot guy. But that's not really like a badass moment. That's just like directing it. Like, and again, in the, the nerdy guy
1: misdirection, was misdirection. The under Yeah, the I nerdy guy was yeah.
2: nerdy for the entire thing. There was literally you set up these characters that are stereotypical archetypes, and you never buck the trend. Even if they just did this, like the okay thing, the stereotypical thing, and just had the like the nerdy guy be brave at the end, the, the strong guy be uh, intellectual at the end, the damsel in distress be strong at the end, it would have been. Better than what we got, where we basically got no character development for two hours. Um, And I mean, a couple things on that. Like, so uh, character development, um, I think they also fell into the pratfall of
0: they fell into into
2: the, the pitfall of trying to make it a Marvel film you know, they basically were like, all right, well, we're going to have big old stupid CGI and we're going to have quips throughout the entire thing. The problem was, though, it seems like none of the actors or actresses were on set together. It seems like Arrested Development season four where they're like, all right, we can (laughs) hire uh, Dallas Howard for uh, seven minutes and then Chris Pratt for, you know, the other 20 minutes. It's like, like, it didn't make any sense. And so you had these scenes that were like, uh, what was it Bryce Dallas Howard comes up and she's like, uh, "Hey, join me for a beer." Did you bring it? or Are we going somewhere? <laughs> like, like there was. Yeah. It's it's not a quip. A quip is just like. Hey man, you look stupid. Well, that's what your mother said. It, like you know, it's it's one. At- yeah, it's that's a terrible quip. But I'm not gonna cut that. It's just gonna sound like <laughs> empty. Um, no, but but you know what I mean. It's like it's like you, to to have a successful quippy character, you have to like very quickly cut it so that it just one after another. It's like otherwise your character looks pathetic and stupid. You know, like like anyone can think of a great line after the fact literally everyone can come up with a mediocre line after the fact it's 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 what you do in the moment that matters. um and so yeah yeah utterly- I mean I guess yeah,
1: especially say that in the villains because I think this is the first time in the Jurassic universe that you you have like mustache twirly, very cartoony villains that a lot of times the villains or the antagonists that they have for the Jurassic Park films is, Either one, it's just the matter of the nature of the dinosaurs, or two, it is people that are just trying to be very opportunistic like Dennis Nedry and just trying to be more selfish than what our group of heroes are being. But here we got like Toby Jones with weird ass teeth being this weird, evil auctioneer saying, I'm going to call the evil people of the world to come to your big, dark castle to actually hold a dinosaur auction. And that's just terrible on all so many levels it just doesn't work at all and i would say i'd probably enjoy the endoraptor more if josh brolin was doing the voice of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome i mean even the fact that you know you have like these villain like there was this uh i know we'll talk about plot for a little bit but there were just so many odd or sort of strange cuts that definitely made it seem like these characters all characters in this movie was just teleporting everywhere because at one point i'm like how the hell did they get from there to there and like even even so you know you have bryce uh bryce's character claire gets stabbed in the leg by the Indoraptor, and she's like don't worry about me go i'm gonna kiss you and then go go save there save her Uh, and you curl up in bed and that's how you save her anyways um like so that happens. They end up running around, but then somehow magically, Bryce Dallas Howard just pops up on the roof, knowing exactly where they are, with a gun that we had no idea where the hell she gets that gun from, and then just bangs it on the actual. And I sit there, I was like, "What? What's what's happening right here? You just don't even care. You're not even going to show me the middle stuff. You're just going to go from point A to point C and says, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll figure it. They'll figure it out." I just felt that it was just very, like, lazy writing half the time. It was just ridiculous.
2: Well, it's funny because if they tried a little bit more, they could have had her, like, limp up. So the, the gun was from earlier when Chris Pratt was firing it in the uh, the bedroom. Um,
0: so you're telling me – so here's the thing about that is she then went all the way upstairs and we saw that the stairs got trashed. By the dinosaurs. She somehow went inside the room, and we saw that those were the two dinosaurs were fighting there. So that room is completely destroyed. She somehow climbed out of the window with a hurt leg and carrying that gun.
2: So, hang on. Please be Kanye West for a second and just let uh, me finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, um, no, uh, yeah, that part makes no sense that they glossed over it. At least, the, I just literally want to say that I know where they got the gun from. The whole rest of it was freaking stupid. <laughs> and again, yeah. like, it's it's going back to that point where, like, you, you just had characters not earning anything, just appearing and doing stuff. They could have made a big deal of her being hurt and then, like, literally, like... Scrapping up to try and find the strength To go save her man And that would have been a nice trend of like hey the woman Saves the day over like you know the burly Dude like that would have been a very like Zeitgeist thing to do but you Have to show the like you have to show Bryce Dallas Howard picking her up Herself up and you have to show her struggling To get to the roof because she knows What she has to do is right Um Man it's called agency Yeah, I had something else in there. Uh, Let me let me just end with this Um, acting. The little girl was better than Ty Simpkins as an actress. (laughs) I agree. I know that Warren hates Ty Simpkins. I didn't think she was great. I just also considering that Ty Simpkins is a boy uh, disqualifies him realistically from the actress title. Uh, so that's why she wins that title. But otherwise, you
0: can, can assume his gender, bro. She was she was terrible. That's true. I'm they, sorry. I'm I mean, sorry,
2: trigger warnings.
0: I, I I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I just feel bad for this actress because I believe she was probably younger than Ty Simpkin's character at the time. I can take a look at it, but the, she also you know, they, in get,
2: in Iron Man three, right before the movie. Like she, I don't think she has any other big
0: roles. Nah, I don't think so either. Um, you know, they just gave her a lot. Like, she was at least a cornerstone in this movie. There's a plot point there, so I think it made it a bit more interesting. Um, and I think we want to learn a bit more about her character, Macy Lockwood, whereas Ty Simpkins' character literally was a throwaway character that I assumed was going to die, but apparently didn't. So it was kind of weird. Uh, anything else we have to talk about characters and acting before we go into the plot and the big reveal of this movie? No. I mean, the last thing that I would say, um, I think, uh, we had mentioned this, but it was, it definitely felt a bit strange as uh, I felt like I was just watching, um, Chris Pratt. Well, I was gonna say pine Chris Pratt, p- p- just p- being star Lord in like the first movie. And, Um, I think Braylon mentioned something interesting of the first time that we see the Rocks character in Rampage was interesting and he got a lot more of of it. So you would assume that all the information that we have from this first film was going to then mount up and then you'll go to the next level with these characters. You have like a deeper understanding of them. But I actually think it went the exact opposite way. Um, And we actually... Didn't, not only did we not learn anything, but we had other people telling us about these characters' backstory that I don't think even mattered. Um, and so it just like, okay, well, then I, I really don't even know who these characters are and why should I even like them. So, you know, it just felt like a lot of the writing <clears throat> in a lot of these actors just made us like these characters less, which is very sad. Because I think the only character, maybe two characters that people liked going to this movie was Chris Pratt's character. And Jeff Goldblum's character, and the two things that they do was make everybody in this movie like them less because of how they were used. So I think just it was kind of a bummer. So let's talk about a bit of the plot, and then we're going to save the big spoilery one here. Also, uh, our I guess the big twist. Um, you know, I don't think we're like M Night Shyamalan, but um, I'm going to toss it over to Brylan. What do you got for the plot and overall sort of the universe and how this movie sort of fits into this scale? Uh
1: Yes, so when it comes to the plot like this whole movie relies that on that you actually bought into the relationship between Owen and Blue from Jurassic World and that's what you want to see and I didn't even enjoy that in the first one so it even fails worse here um, they actually um, do a lot of things, I mean they have these moments where They're showing you old videotape of Blue being trained and like, yeah, that's adorable. And it's neat to see like how she's different than the other velociraptors he's raising. But it really never leads to anything except you see Blue have this mutual respect. Apparently Owen's the only one that can get her out of the jungle to save her. But as soon as he gets her out, um, then you have the villains show their face and just start tranking her. They even shoot her in the gut. And that just leads to uh, just some pointless nonsense where they're having to escape on a boat. They have to give a blood transfusion to Blue so she lives and she magically heals overnight. So she's back to being a full fledged velociraptor and doesn't need any downtime to attack the endoraptor. So it just goes all over the place and it's just messy and doesn't make any sense. Plus, they also introduce new characters into the Jurassic universe that. Probably, I mean, don't really need to be here. They actually are retconning a lot of Jurassic Park history by adding someone like James Benjamin Lockwood, who was never mentioned before. And it's just like, surprise. Here's Richard Hammond's partner from the original Jurassic Park, and he has a deep, dark secret. And that deep, dark secret is Maisie, his granddaughter, who's actually a clone of his daughter. That, yes, he cloned a human. Uh, and so, there's no reason to add this into a Jurassic Park film. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, James uh, Russell or Richard Hammond might the actor portrayed him is passed on, but think about like all the other actors you could have gotten, like Alan Grant or uh, Lorna Dern, or even uh, maybe the first kids from the um, from the original Jurassic Park. They're all grown up, maybe. They actually get tied into it, and they were actually good child actors. Uh, and so there's a lot of just messiness going on with this. And the auction house scene, it's like one of the weirdest non-Jurassic Park scenes ever, where they're just showing like this is a dinosaur that's twenty feet long and stuff, and then you see numbers going up whenever people are voting on dinosaurs they want to buy. It's it's ridiculous and stupid. It and The big thing is the Endoraptor. The Endoraptor is probably one of the worst dinosaurs ever made. One, like for some reason, they decide to shoot a dinosaur that's really dark green at night the whole time. So, I know this movie has a budget. Did they want to just cheap out on the CG for this dinosaur? Are they trying to do something a little more of a horror movie um, feel to it? Uh, And also, like, like people make fun of T Rex having small arms and stuff. Indoraptor looks just as dumb with big long arms too. So <laughs> it's a it's tar- it's terrible the choices they make throughout this movie every step of the way.
0: And I was confused because they I thought they had said that this dinosaur has um, heightened sense of smell, hearing. Basically, this dinosaur is perfect. But I think the the counter to this dinosaur is, let's turn off the lights. And yeah,
2: it wasn't even that. They never said no dark. Um, it was like they literally got away and hid. And they apparently just couldn't find it for about 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm even talking about the moment of even before he turned off the lights, too, of this dinosaur is going to slowly walk around this little pillar to try to find these humans. I don't I knew like, they
2: were there. Technically, I don't. It, you're not wrong. It just it. That it was, bothered me. It was stupid well, for a one bunch of with, reasons. But I,
1: didn't they do in Jurassic World? Indominus Rex could pick up heat signatures, and so he could actually kind of see you through a wall. And that's why he could actually like that dinosaur could actually grab people through walls and stuff. I, I okay, don't know if that. this guess, is like. I try to forget that movie. I mean, yeah, that's just as bad as as a dinosaur. Also, the hybrids yeah. that they've been starting to make are, are terrible ideas, and they're terrible plot devices too. But I mean, I I guess it should have seen them. They never through they anything. never
2: introduced like uh in like an Indominus Raptor killer like that. May, that's just like obvious plot. Just to have like some sort of Chekhov's gun. Like, oh yeah, he's like we got this. Like, he's a prototype, so he's not perfect because he can't do this and then they Mm. use this at the end to kill him. It's like... Yeah.
0: Even if that this is blue, that would have at least made more sense, like...
2: Oh, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, Okay,
0: yeah, but you could have, like, the way that they ended this movie was a worse way that they ended... You know, that's probably a good thing. This movie was... They ended worse of how they kill the big bad monster than the first movie. At least there, it was like a partnership of... Uh, dinosaurs that normally can't get along. So there's a lot of um, like aggressive dinosaurs of the T Rex and the raptor that's like literally standing on each other that's going to go against the Adominus Rex to the point where they're finally there's this huge thing that's whatever thing that was in the water is going to go and co kill it and then kind of drink, bring it back. So I that like was, that interesting.
1: Wa- I like that water dinosaur. He doesn't give two fucks about anybody else. He's just like, I'm big, I'm bad, I'm the water dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I thought I thought that was cool. Like they they literally had, a, like, you have a small dinosaur, a bigger dinosaur, and then the biggest dinosaur. And that was another sort of commentary I thought about, like, nature versus nurture, or, like, you know, real life and then scientific, whatever you want to say, uh, you know, real versus fake. So the, that's how that movie ended. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that concept of they have to band together to kill this other big baddie. And in this one, it was like... Oh, you just gonna f- jump off a roof and get impaled by some bones? Oh, come on, man! That, that, you, you got to get better than that. Yeah, yeah. Blue, what you got?
2: I got a couple things. There's a lot of things. So, yeah, they got to get over their just crazy fear boner of raptors. Uh, yeah. Part of the appeal. To, <laughs> part of the appeal, I think, in the the first movie. Was that literally every dinosaur was scary, right? And so I'll admit this. I, I have never seen the scary second one. or amazing. No, no, no. Well, hang on. Let me so I I admit I've never seen the second one, so I can't necessarily comment on what people felt through that. But in the first movie, certain characters, specifically the kids, felt that even the herbivores were terrifying you know, like they were just these behemoths of creatures and you could get that, that general fear from every single dinosaur. And so like, it just happened to be the Raptors were the smart ones and like, that's fine. They just, they have to break away from the Raptors. Like they, they thought, you know, uh, the culture at the time absolutely loved them and kind of gravitated towards the Raptors, maybe more towards, uh, more than the T-Rexes. Um, and they went with that, but like it's getting ridiculous. Like now we have this supersized Raptor that's somewhat bluish, but we also have blue. Who's like the most intelligent like person on the planet outside of human beings. Like yeah. you have to get over the Raptors. They're getting so unbelievably one-sided with the dinosaurs. Whereas part of the original appeal of the, the, the original movies was like the wonder of seeing all of this stuff brought to life. like, mm-hmm. You know, and that and that that amazement is is truly lost if you only have one dinosaur that you really are like afraid of. Um, I thought, speaking of just like the original amazement, I thought that a lot of this stuff like it worked for one movie, and I don't think that that movie ever needed sequels. I think that a lot of people were really excited about the second Jurassic Park because it was like, oh, my God, this is like the, the craziest movie ever has another movie coming out afterwards. Let's get wild. But like Jurassic Park three, no one was looking for the reboot. No one was looking for. And, you know, it had like an, as- an acceptable level of excitement. And so when you come out with this thing, it's like human cloning. It makes sense that they can do it. Uh, first of all, lock it. My God, I spent the entire film thinking that he was a throwaway reference from like Jurassic Park 2. Completely thought that. I blew my mind four minutes before we started taping this podcast that he was a completely original character. Cause like, that's not yeah. okay. You can't just introduce someone who's like a brainchild, like a or not a brain, uh, brain parent of the entire operation in the fifth movie. Like that's ridiculous, but uh human cloning makes sense from a narrative perspective that if you can bring back uh, something that's been dead for 65 million years, that you can bring back like the genetic code of someone who's buried out, you know, the two miles down the road in a cemetery. Uh, it just goes. Yeah,
1: I mean, it makes sense. Like the, based on Jurassic park science, like, yeah, we've, quote-unquote perfected bringing dinosaurs back but let's try a human because that's the next logical step for us um what's interesting though is the original script for jurassic park 4 the original plan was them fighting human dino hybrids and i wonder if someone at um universal saw that and was like you know what we could make a trilogy around that idea and so I wonder if in the next movie we're gonna see human dino hybrids.
2: Oh, maybe. It'd be bad. But why? <laughs> one no. one like last thing on the whole like plot and this, the twist of it all. I thought they would go with the mother concept. So they would introduce they introduced Blue, you know, in the first one, and how his relationship with or her relationship with uh Chris Pratt was very, very important and that he was realistically the only one that could actually control her. Um, And then they go off in the second one saying that uh, because the Indoraptor was made from Blue's DNA, that that would need a mother figure to realistically control it and to train it. And they had this great scene where um, the raptor's finger came out of the cave and was like playing with the daughter's granddaughter's hair, and then, and to me personally, like there was that scene when the the raptor climbs in the the, the window and then is like not immediately murdering, you know, the granddaughter. I thought they were gonna go with that. I thought it would have been a great foil to have uh, a granddaughter who doesn't know she's not an actual human being and then this this raptor that is a complete fabrication versus Blue, who is a raptor that was bred and mothered by Owen and who's like an actual human being. And I thought you could have like a very nice little like playoff there. I don't exactly know how you'd end it, but you could at least foil the characters to each other and they never talked about it. They're like, oh yeah, the Indoraptor needs a mother. 100% needs a mother. It needs to learn how to be subservient. And they they never touched on that again. Like we were talking about this earlier where the Indoraptor needs like a Chekhov's gun to kill. Something you introduce earlier in the film and that like you, later you bring back and you're like, oh, this is the reason why we were able to beat it. Um, and that could have been it. And they never freaking went with it. Like, dear, dear God, just give me more of that. Um I will say this, lasting plot and going forward, this movie series has slightly become like the Resident Evil uh, movie series, where it started off as an isolated incident on one island. And I think that's part of the appeal that like this movie, the the original one, the Jurassic Park, the, the first one that came out in the nineties, felt like something that could happen today. You know, that we have good enough DNA sequencing that we could fill in the rest of it and just come up with dinosaurs, put them on one little island and have people go visit them. That felt very real and very isolated. Now we have freaking pterodactyls in Vegas. It's exactly like Resident Evil did. Resident Evil had Raccoon City... In the underground layer, and they had zombies. And then by like the fifth or sixth or seventh or twenty seventh film, I don't know how many they put out of those. I freaking love those movies. They're like my guilty pleasure. But <laughs> um, but like by whatever movie, they were taking over the entire world, and they had these underground little conclaves of like, uh, what was it uh, umbrella the umbrella corporation controlling everything from there, and the entire rest of the world was just desolate. And that's clearly what they're trying to set up in the next movie, but like it completely bucks against the previous theme that like, Hey, this is very realistic. It's almost like if the freaking Superman ride from Springfield, Massachusetts went rogue, that's what the original <laughs> Jurassic park felt like. We're like, Hey, this one rat ride malfunction. It could potentially kill a bunch of people and let's try and solve it. Whereas now it's just like, Oh Yeah. Uh, you know, some freaking billionaire from New York is the president of America and some madman is the president of Russia. And they're thinking about launching nukes at each other. That could never happen. I yeah. hope no one's a Republican on this <laughs> podcast or <a> Trump supporter. <laughs> Cause that was a, it was a Trump reference. That was a Trump reference.
0: I don't wasn't. think anybody on the, I don't think anybody is a Trump supporter on this podcast. No.
2: Or <laughs> our listeners, I'm sorry if you're if you're a Trump supporter, uh, comment to our email address uh, Jesse Trump at uh, YMail.com Send Perfect. all send all your love to that. I will get back to you as soon as we check that email. Yeah, that Jesse must Rand
1: Trump. That must have been the saddest uh, after credits sequence of any movie ever. Too. Oh, I feel like they use like. Oh, we need an after-credit sequence, and they just like took popsicle sticks that looked like pterodactyls and like a, an eight like an eight millimeter film of Vegas and put it together really quickly. It's like ten seconds long.
2: Well, that's the other thing that there was like six dinosaurs. They're like, yeah, we can save eleven species, and they only showed a max of like two. But then, you know, per dinosaur, and then they showed them spread out this crazy thing. It's like, no, the U.S. military would crush that as soon as they saw. Like, I've, I forget the the mid sized T Rex that was like the hunter through the dinosaurs. Entire- yeah, sure. As soon as they saw that one dumbass like floating through the Muir woods, they would have just freaking bombed the hell out of that. Like, that thing is gone. There's no way that like 17 dinosaurs could just populate and terrify the entire Western seaboard. Never gonna happen.
1: Yeah, and it's weird. Like, their fate is all based on a big red button, too.
0: Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? oh my gosh so i mean hang on one hang on thing, one, hold one on. second oh wait, wait, Listen, wait, wait listeners really quick, this is really where qu- we
2: get super rambling on the terrifying things this is gonna go on for the next 15 minutes where we're just gonna remember <laughs> terrible things from this movie and comment on them i'm sorry Warren. Yeah. i just had to give that that spoiler no, alert
0: it's go, okay go go <laughs> So, well, the only reason why, because A didn't realize there was an after credit scene. I immediately bolted out of this movie as quickly as I can because I didn't <laughs> give a shit about the after credit scene. Okay, so. Just about nothing in this movie made sense and so I'm going to try to see if I can recap as much things as possible uh, pretty quickly. Uh, feel free to chime in guys because it was re- super ridiculous. Um, One, to the point, terrible, terrible opening writing. Oh, nothing's down here. Nothing's alive. Of course you're going to die. People in the submarine. Guess what happens? People in the submarine die. Guess what happens? Oh, I can't get a hold of him. Well, we have the payload, so we should go. Wait, let's just wait longer. Just enough to let a dinosaur that we can all see in the helicopter for this communications guy get close enough so they can attack us? And why not just cut that ladder off immediately? Why you wait for the ladder? And then, of course, this person is going to get killed. Who who cares about that? And then this huge dinosaur escapes out of this open cage, apparently, that we have no idea what happened up until just about the credits at the end of of the movie. That's a little bit ridiculous. So, yeah. also, uh, like, yeah. I, I guess it's
1: like a continual trope in these type of films: special ops teams that uh, end up not being that special, not knowing what the hell they're doing either, or very special, just being messy. Very, about. very special. It might be, it might be very special ops
0: teams. <laughs> so, uh, also, you're going to tell me that you're stuck in a uh, underground. You're locked in an underground sort of facility for a while. And the moment that you choose to escape is when you find out the lava is going to be spilling in. And then you're also going to figure out that there's a dinosaur is going to be attacking you. Then I, you choose love to I love the reveal. I
2: love the reveal. reveal the the, the reveal was cool. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot, especially like like seeing like the lava, uh, whatever was flashing of it. I really enjoyed that at the tunnel. But everything else I hated. Oh, yeah. To the, I, I yeah. hated everything else about that and this is like man just die I really want these people to die because the, and then I will be surprised but you knew that these people were going to be safe you knew they weren't going to die so then who who ended up caring at this point it was ridiculous yeah, no, or having die.
1: or having a dinosaur get shot in the gut with a 9 millimeter and it's out of commission for half the movie then you also see a dinosaur that has lava drip on its head and just shakes it off like it's nothing.
2: Oh my gosh. Or a human being shake off lava like it's nothing.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, or a human being shake off a tranquilizer, kind of like Kill Bill style. Uh, and somehow make it some sort of like comical way to dodge maybe he lava?
2: Was like the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Will Ferrell's character from... Is it old school? Yeah. Oh. oh. Frank the Tank? Oh, I like
0: you. <laughs> i like you man. I, lo- I love you man oh, uh, love. <laughs> or even to the part where if, so you're telling me why don't you when they're all running away and somehow they perfectly got into this island the perfect exact moment that the volcano was being erupted and exploding and they all left with only killing one dinosaur with a brontosaurus that no way cared about so you're telling me that uh Chris no, there's pro- a lot more dinosaurs that died yeah, but they, they like they highlighted that one. He didn't honestly. Even give, I wanted to see
2: that. Scene, I wanted to see that. That scene, was, I that that scene was beautiful. I know. I, yeah, so so drawing a very good parallel because like one of the big themes of this movie was like endangered species and should we save them? Do we have the ethical responsibility to save them? Drawn on a larger platform, you can make the parallel to certain species that are endangered today and whether we should do more to save their habitats, their feeding structure, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, what killed me. Utterly wrecked me. This should have been a triceratops. This should have been a triceratops that you saw drown earlier on the cliff scene that you knew could not survive underwater. Not a freaking brontosaurus that literally all it needed to do was wade out about 20 feet. Its head would still stick above the water and then just sit there for about seven hours. Because <laughs> it could still breathe air. It could, like, it could, it could. Be fine. Maybe eat some seaweed. Munch on it a little. The fact that the thing didn't even try and swim—like at least you saw that the Triceratops early in the film would just drown its ass. The Brontosaurus we know can breathe. Like that's such a tear. Like that the image was haunting of it in the cloud dying. Like that was awesome. Kudos to the CGI, the art director, all the the staff that was involved in that. That was a great scene. Uh, I would give it. Th- I would give this movie that scene. That being said, it was a dumb pick for a dinosaur because that thing could have easily have lived. And it's not even like brains. It's not even like, oh, it's a dumb herbivore. It's literally like, oh, this is hot. I'm going to go out in the water now. Like you have this such a simplistic survival mode that would tell you to just keep on freaking walking.
0: Well, even OK, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna what, going to I'm going to I'm going to keep going because fucking it's, gremlin. Sorry, is it going to get wet? And it's, 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 it's so stupid. Like, it's, it's so stupid. It doesn't Some make any dinosaurs sense. Dinosaurs may not like water. Again, this movie doesn't make sense. You're telling me that they somehow you left the keys to a truck that's perfectly going to like also leave a space for a truck that per- purposely and nobody is going to check to the fact that this truck crashes on a boat while it's trying to go away. Nobody walks up to check it out? Nobody's gonna check oh, out dude, she the how this truck guys
2: ever. She put on oh, a freaking hat. I'm good. <laughs> John, this no, is the done Avengers. Done. You can't do done. that. The Avengers gonna get away with it,
0: but no. Claire
2: can't. She's a redhead. She sticks out.
0: uh She's also the only woman there. There's two women. There are two women on that island, and you're telling me that they both, one of them is gonna be a veterinarian, the other one nobody can find.
2: Veterinarian with quotes. Yeah, that's like no practical experience.
0: De- definite air quotes there. Uh, the sequence of giving getting blood from the T-Rex, that was stupid. Uh, it it did, didn't even make any sense. It wasn't even sort of enjoyable in it ended too soon. Also to the fact that uh, I do have to jump around for a little bit. So the big, the big bag dude, you're telling me that you're going to open a cage on this dangerous monster to try to rip out his teeth? Because why? He's, he was making a necklace
1: because he's a trophy hunter, and he needed a trophy. He knew he couldn't take the whole dinosaur, so he took what he could.
0: So you're telling me you couldn't trank that dinosaur and then reach inside there, where where it's clearly you could reach your arm in that bar and try to pull that tooth out. No, you had to open up the cage and climb in.
2: Yeah. (sighs) Brutal.
0: That is
1: saying goodbye horses. The fact that
2: yeah, Monk so Monk would have bad. definitely saw that the, that thing was still alive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the fact you that you're telling it. me that you need, so you need blue, you need blue. There's a reason why you need blue. There's something that you need from blue. We figure you kind of sort of figure out that maybe it's because uh, you know we hear that blue is going to be the mother, but then this dinosaur already has blue DNA somehow. So why do you need blue in the first place?
2: They're trying to make, t- they're, No, that one makes sense. They're trying to, to make the next generation. It was they're so trying the, to they they want to make multiples
1: of these, so they they're pack hunters. They're going to hunt like velociraptors.
2: Yeah, and so, why so do need
1: they do need they need a commander of this pack.
2: Okay, and so
1: blue would be the one to like teach others to be.
2: Oh no, commanded. I see. It's funny because I I took it as they would uh it would be a lone hunter, but they didn't perfect the. Like the DNA structure, and they needed Blue's DNA to further perfect the whole like hunt down, listen to human commands. That's how I took it. Also, I took does it. Anyone, as does, as anyone, does anyone else think that that would be like a, a freaking okay, like twenty foot tall raptor would be like the worst soldier ever? Absolutely.
0: That I'm makes like, fast everybody.
2: It it'd be fast. It would kill like a guy. But there's way better ways to do like an assassination. Like that thing is still susceptible to bullets. And so you like it's not like you could just turn it on. You know, it's not like a like a like a uh what's it called? Latent assassin or an unknowing. It's like Derek Zoolander when he played the music and he's just <laughs> like he went full assassin mode. It's not like you yeah. can just trigger that. A it's
1: Manchurian like, candidate.
2: Yeah, it's like dude, if a raptor's in the room with you, everyone's gonna shoot it. Like absolutely everyone is just gonna be like, no, "That's a dinosaur! Kill it! Let's go!" <laughs> but
0: if, but can, if you put a like, John Deere hat on it, huh? Uh, they they won't know. They won't the know thing it's is a raptor. Though, but it could be like models?
1: some dictator's office, and then you just see raptor feet behind a curtain. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was. Like, it's like it's a terrible idea for a soldier. Like that, the whole time I, they were talking about that, though like, "It's a perfect thing. You could just like go kill your enemy." It's like maybe. But, like, it's it's big and you can shoot it.
0: Three other, three other things. Uh, one, yeah. every audio-visual thing just failed at the same exact time it was supposed to fail. Two, you're telling me that all the, like, the exact moment that Maisie went down into the lab, they had the perfect footage to watch so she can learn all this information. She just hits a button and she's good to go. Uh, and I was like, come come on, nobody leaves, nobody leaves that out. Like you make her work for it. Three. Are you fucking kidding me that your passcode to your lock is going to be seven, three, three, seven. Are you. <laughs> to be fair. Serious? It's, it's, better,
2: <laughs> it's better than a one, two, three, four, five, which is what I use for my luggage. So.
0: Isn't that the lead oh, thing that we were talking about? Come on, about Riley.
2: Give me that one. Give me that <laughs> oh, <and> one. Only an asshole. Guys,
0: <laughs> guys it, was, it was even to the point where I clearly saw them typing it in. And at least, at the very least... You can hide it or make it somehow like, make it somehow interesting of you have more than a fucking four-digit passcode that's going to keep all these dinosaurs locked in. Even Especially for Apple a super-secret genetics
1: lab, have some type of retinal scan or fingerprint
0: identification. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so then <laughs> all the dinosaurs are getting poisoned. So now you're telling me that we don't know what to do. Bryce Dallas Howard walks up. I'm going to unlock all their cages just by a press of the button. I was like, "Bitch, why didn't you do that before? Why are you waiting for her to do it?" And then again, Brian mentioned the big red button. So, you're telling me all these b- dinosaurs that we just saw kill all these people? Not all of them, I know. Yeah, I know, but a lot of them just killed a bunch of people. You're going to release them on the world with no consequences on the 9-year-old and you just don't leave that button that's like <clears throat> magically there? Come on, you, this is just not making any sense. Although you did bring up a good point. Fuck it. Keep going. Dinosaur take over the world. More people like Maisie Lockwood's character is going to be half dinosaur, half human. And that's going to be the only thing that's going to let, save us is dinosaur humans killing other dinosaurs. Somehow. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually, I actually kind of like the ending of
1: the movie where it's kind of messy just like the whole movie was. So yeah, Sure dinosaurs running wild let them roam free let's see where it goes
0: god this movie was just so (laughs) bad in so many different places (laughs) i just did not understand Uh, uh, just any like logical thought that went into making this movie in script and then any logical thought of the characters in the movie itself is like cool you keep using the whistle to break through the um, the wall. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, that's interesting. But then at some point, it's just like nobody's chose to shot that, shoot that dinosaur. You're just gonna let that dinosaur just ram everybody, and then Mr. Chris Pratt's gonna have his hero moment of just dashing, punching a bunch of people, one hit KOs, and you're good to go.
2: No one shoots him either. They all had guns. Yeah, was
1: Well, Bradley, you had a
0: good point about that.
1: Owen is everything proof. I mean, he's lava proof. He's waterproof. He's dinosaur proof. I mean, he's (laughs) He's he's indestructible. Dude does not
0: get hurt. Um, He literally
1: does not get hurt. He can actually teach other dinosaurs in five seconds how to ram through a wall and break out of a jail. I mean, he's got it all. But he's bored as hell while doing it.
0: (laughs) I'm done. Yeah. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's bad. Blue, what else you got before we, uh, or Brian, Blue, what else you guys got before we move into our final thoughts in conclusion? Nothing.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I this movie is just so bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, it's so frustrating because we really, really enjoy doing this show. We really love watching movies. We love reviewing a lot of these movies, but. It just comes to the point where you get these sort of movies that makes, you know, over 800 million by this point, probably. And it's, as a whole, just a terrible film from the ground up. And it's just so frustrating to see this continually happening more and more again. And you know, obviously we're like adding to it because we are buying tickets to it, right? And we're still reviewing. I'm not telling people to watch this movie, but we're still part of the problem, right? But I don't think, you know, us as a lowly podcast reviewer is gonna be able to change anything, but maybe we we can. It's just very frustrating. Uh and it's frustrating because there's so many other movies that a not gonna get made or doesn't have any life to it or you know, other uh, concepts has done like much better at least, or they they at least try, they at least attempt to make something a bit better, um, but without just kind of phoning it in. And it's just so frustrating to me that like these these things just keep getting made. So I apologize for myself because I'm just pretty like disheartened about why these movies are even made at all. It's kind of sad. And with that, let's move into our final reviews and our final comments. Uh, Brylan, what you got for your, uh, lasting thoughts? Uh, so, um, there's still only one great Jurassic Park
1: film. And it's the original Jurassic Park. All the other movies that have come out afterwards. They pale in comparison. And this even is probably the worst one of the bunch. Um, but this is the conundrum. I mean, this movie is kind of on the same level of another movie series that I won't name here that, I happen to actually go see when it comes out, but I know what I'm in for. I know what it's that it's going to be bad. So
2: DC, I will talk about DC. Oh, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> I'm probably going to go see Jurassic World 3 Viva Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> just for the sake of telling everybody how awful it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I think I'm uh, I think I'm done watching any of the uh, Jurassic World movies. it. Uh, what's your final thoughts? So
2: I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this movie wasn't absolutely terrible. It wasn't. It had some genuinely good like dinosaur scares. Um,
1: <laughs> Show Blewett a Brontosaurus dying in smoke. Eden. You get them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that
2: was no, that was that was a good moment. I, I mean, I thought it should have been a different dinosaur, but the art design was it was good. Uh, acting was terrible, but like I thought, there was some. There was some like it was technically. And I don't mean like technically is in like a technicality. I mean like like technically a decent movie. Um, there was some jokes that hit home. The only problem is, and I think this is a benefit for this movie because of how bad it actually was, was that it was utterly forgettable. I think that. Ant-Man is going to come out in a week or so. Sicario. And then there's like one other big one that's coming out in like two or three weeks. And then you hit Oscar bait and then you hit the ramp up towards Captain Marvel and Aquaman and, uh, infinity war two. And this movie in a year from now will be forgotten. It's like, it's like the solo movie, the solo movie, was better than this i'll I'll give it that but it was still utterly forgettable like you could literally walk out of that theater and be like oh that was a movie and it wasn't terrible it wasn't like the room where you're like oh my god what the hell did i just watch and it wasn't some like masterpiece like the disaster artist where you're like what the hell did i just watch it was like this weird just like perfect in the (laughs) middle of like Who cares? I just spent two hours, I guess, doing something. And so I think in 2021, when the the next one rolls around, everyone will forget about how terrible this one was. It's not like Transformers 5. And it's not like Jurassic Park 3. Everyone watched Jurassic Park 3 and was like, this movie is frickin' awful. And it took them a literal decade to recover from that one. It took them a decade to figure out, all right, this is going to be our next big person. It's not going to be Alan Grant. It's going to be someone nude, someone hot, someone young. Let's throw Chris Pratt in there and see what happens. And it's not like frickin' Transformers 5, which I think is going to be the death of that series, uh, despite what Brian says about Transformers 2. Um, where like Transformers
1: those, 2 is the worst Transformers movie I, I no. didn't Transformers 5 was terrible <laughs> No, it's that was, not that was, Or was,
0: Transformers
1: 2 is just the most racist Transformers
2: movie Okay, yeah That's fair, I'll give you that <laughs> one But uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a series killer And I think that's the problem I think that it needed to be a series killer To like get them to a- actually take 10 years break Figure out what made the first one so special And then maybe bring that back or apply it to a different IP?
0: Let this series die. It's time, to, like it's time to pack it up. Yeah, it's time to pack it up. It's time to move on. My yep. lasting thoughts would be, let's just stop making remakes of this film. Because I feel like, you know, people have already made other remakes and other things. That's kind of sort of like Jurassic World, but maybe not. And it, we it just keeps... it. They get a lot of money and you know truthfully what's going to happen these movies going to get a lot of money and they're going to keep doing it but to what I mean these are not good movies yeah. they're just cat they, like literally <laughs> literally the director of this movie is like the villain in this movie and they're only doing things just to get a bunch of money and that was the only reason why they, he chose to do anything just get a bunch of money so just stop this movie's not good. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even suggest people to go watch this movie at home. I mean, there's other movies. There's better movies out there. Check out Incredibles too. Um, check out, like, Tag. You know, check out other movies that's, that's going to be out there in the theaters right now. Or just don't go to the theaters. Go watch or, Upgrade. Yeah. Or, you know what? Oh, yeah. Upgrade. You should, you should go watch uh, Mr. Rogers. Check out Mr. Rogers. Everybody yeah. has an Amazon Prime account. Go and do that. But, like, I wouldn't suggest to go watch this movie and that's yeah. just my uh yeah. my last day. i
2: completely dinosaurs are cool first time ever they just
0: need you. yeah dinosaurs it's, are cool they'll
1: always be cool you just need to put them in a different arena they need some other twist to them now for entertainment value
0: i don't think they need i mean i, I think it's you not know we've talked clones. about it of like yeah the human clones whatever could be the next one but it's the point where i'm like just let it just stop I thought it was interesting. I thought it was entertaining. You know, number one was a groundbreaker. Number two, we're physically going to a new environment. Number three, we're going back to number one. And then number four, we're going to go back to number 1B, which is a new world. And then number five, we go back to number 1B again, but now it's released throughout the world. So it's just like, what, just stop. All right, just, just stop. That's <laughs> Kill the past. Kill the past. Let it die. Barrier past. (laughs) And with that, we are the Down in Front Podcast. Thanks for hanging out and checking in for our full review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Brylin, where can the peeps out there find more of your work? Uh, You can find me not watching this movie ever again on Twitter at Brylin,
1: (laughs) (laughs) B-R-I-L-U-N-D. (laughs) <laughs> I also post uh, many movie reviews on Instagram at I am Bryland, and I am the host of the Gamescast cast twitch.tv slash down from podcast we are coming back very soon I promise that I got one quick vacation to go on we'll be back to
0: play some video games. Always excited to hear that. Shredda, what you got for me? What shows you got coming up? Tell me about those EP.
2: Oh, we got uh, EP coming out uh, 2020. Uh, Probably take another year and a half to do uh, one guitar solo. Um, So also we got a show on the second, I think. Next week? Yeah, Monday. And then we also got a show on the 19th. I think the 19th actually will be an EP release. Uh, I should have that done. And then we'll yeah it's some it's it's in the basement of some place it's gonna be awesome. Um, as far as uh, the band name news you can reach out to us on social media at news Music or news Band. Uh, and then as far as email address, uh, I already said one that you can get out to us. You know. The other one of course is uh Jesse Rand digs through uh Triceratops dung to find this movie at the center of it cuz this movie is a literal piece of shit uh at gmail.com again that is Jesse Rand digs through t-
0: Triceratops
2: <laughs> dung to literally find this movie it is a piece of shit at gmail.com uh,
0: <laughs> But but you're the one that said this movie's not terrible. You you said that earlier. Yeah, this movie's so is shitty. A perfect- balance <laughs> perfectly
1: balanced balance <laughs> <Balanced>. fiber
0: <laughs> we are the down and front podcast check out more of our work on our, on our website down in front you can find us on almost every social media outlook on reddit or email or facebook or twitter um, you know our, our Instagram if you definitely like um, supporting us if you like hearing our sweet sweet silky voice over your ear holes uh, Definitely check out and become a Patreon um, just for $1 Bob and you know if the prices on the can You'll get you know early episodes like extra um, content You'll have a bunch of information to kind of join our discord channel Which we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that's going to be in there So definitely kind of um check out for that patreon.com slash down the front podcast and thanks so much for just kind of hanging out with us. you know, we are excited. We are coming back for our next review will be Sicario. Um, so kind of stay tuned from that. And we will say so long farewell, please don't watch this movie.